Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews, coming at you online in print format at nicktiffany.com, in audio format wherever you get your podcasts, and even in video on YouTube. Today we have the return from one of the world's greatest animators and storytellers that we've ever had, Hayao Miyazaki, in his late, late years, has unretired again for our benefit. The last time he unretired, we got The Wind Rises back in, I want to say like 2013, 2014, which for my money was probably my favorite Miyazaki film. And you might know him from Princess Mononoke, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, Ponyo, um, you know, the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, however you say it. I don't know if it's like the GIF GIF thing. Um, and then G-Kids is kind of the American producer of essentially their films, or the distributor here. Um, but I'm sure you have probably seen some of the artwork or anytime people... You know, if you're relaxing at home and you're watching the, uh, oh gosh, there's that girl and it's the, you know, she's got her cat and she's doing homework and it's like the lo-fi beats, that art style, these drawings, very Miyazaki-like. If you've ever seen any of his animated movies, it's like watching colored pens, not colored pencils, but I mean, watercolors, paintings coming to life in front of your eyes. You know, the sound effects are often what you can do with your mouth. The creativity in the films just always blows me away. So when we found out Miyazaki was going to be doing another film, The Boy and the Heron, I was stoked. I am always, always down to watch his movies. They are always, if anything, fascinating. Um, just because I think storytelling between American and Japanese films is totally different too. And this sometimes is something I have to remind myself as a critic, I think as Americans, we can go into a movie expecting, all right, you know, I know what most stories are supposed to be like a character arc. There's going to be certain beats that they're supposed to hit just because that's what American movies are. And in Japanese films, especially in Miyazaki's animated ones, you know, there's so many fantastical elements in the story, dream sequences like you might have in, ballets or a musical you know things that are almost inherent to that storytelling method over there and so sometimes when i watch his movies it's like you know i'm like i'm here with you on the story i'm here i'm here we just got into an interesting zone where i'm like i don't know where we went or what's happening with all these kooky characters but cool all right and we're back to the main story um you know, I think maybe why I liked The Wind Rises so much is probably because it's a very straightforward story, very focused, I would say, far less fantastical than his other works. Uh, but The Boy and the Heron, this film follows a young boy named Mahito who tragically loses his mother kind of during World War II. She works in a hospital and the film starts, there's a fire and he's racing towards her, just running as fast as he can and you see him brushing through people and just, I mean, from the very beginning, from the first frames, fire enveloping this city, watching this boy, and, you know, as he's brushing by people, his face becomes distorted, the brush strokes get wider. I mean, it's just stunning to watch, watching them move through fields and watching the wind blow. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful stuff. But Mahito, unfortunately, loses his mother, 
And a few years later, after the war, he and his father move out back to where their mother's estate was because the father is now going to be marrying Kiriko, uh, sorry, not Kiriko, Natsuko, who is essentially the sister of Mahito's mother. Of course, I'm sure he's going to have his own feelings about that. That's very odd, but he wants to respect his father. And so when he gets back to this home, there's this strange kind of castle outside or castle looking tower. And there's this heron that keeps kind of following him around, but shouting at him too, you know, Mahito, Mahito. And he's like, this heron's like, you know, not some normal heron, of course. And as he keeps talking to the heron and trying to figure out more, the heron's trying to lead him to this tower. Mahito learns there's something odd about this place. There's some magic. There's something going on. And when Natsuko goes missing one day, you know, partially maybe fueled by how he could not save his mother Mahito, not even maybe loving Natsuko either, is like, hey, I'm going to find her this time. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring her back. And what he stumbles through and on with the help of this heron is almost a world that bridges two worlds. There's the world of the living and the world of the dead. And the world of the dead is not quite what you would think. It's a totally, mostly normal looking realm. A couple different little creatures and big parakeets and other things in there. But, you know, you learn about this deep family history that Maito's family has. And in this strange realm is a version of his mother who still exists. And so there's also this side of him that wants to try to find her there, though she may be different than who he remembered. So, and you know, a lot of this, I think I'm reading reviews or just reading about Miyazaki going into this. A lot of films, a lot of his films kind of deal with this relationship with his mother. What I've read is that he did not have the greatest relationship with his mother. And you can kind of see that in some of the characters' relationships throughout his films. But what he does touch on here is this idea of, okay, you know, what difference can I make? You know, those feelings of guilt, obviously, maybe I wish I could have done this. Yes, she's not my real mother, but she's the mother I have now, and I should want to fight for her and to find her. And he plays with some really interesting themes here. He also goes into a couple different realms where it was like, whoa, I like, we just jumped into the supernatural here or something. And I don't know if all of that totally works all the time, but it does allow the narrative to certainly prove interesting in terms of you're going to see your mother, but not the version of her that you know. And maybe she doesn't know you either. And so it creates a lot of really interesting moments for our characters. I saw the Japanese version of this film with the English subtitles. You know, what's nice is that they released the film in both versions with the English dub usually has a killer cast. I mean, like Robert Pattinson, Christian Bale, Florence Pugh, Willem Dafoe, to name a few others who are in the American dubbed version of it. Personally, I like to watch the Japanese version first, I would say, just because I feel like once they make their American translation, you might lose some of the story. You might lose some of those tones or the way that a character says something. Um, once the American actor or British actor, whoever gets their English version of it. And so even if I don't always understand it either, you know, watching Miyazaki's first take in this world as it was filmed, as it was recorded, I think 
pays off in a lot of ways. And then watching that English dub, it's like, okay, now that I know the basic story, it'll be a little more spelled out for me here. And I'm going to get to listen to actors whose voices that I know. And so from everyone I've heard, especially Robert Pattinson as the Heron, they're like, they do a great job with the voices in this film. Um, the film is very entertaining, deals with a lot of mature content, as I would say a lot of his films do, despite being kids films. They're always kind of like a little bit scary or a little bit like frightening, I would say. Like if I was a young child and I went to a Miyazaki film, there'd probably be a few things where I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, but that was like weird and like kind of gross or like kind of frightening. But uh, I mean, it's par for the course, and that's all right. I don't mind his films dealing with real adult child themes, loss, love, um, the wars. I mean, any you know, Miyazaki's perspective is such a unique and interesting one. Um, and so at 80-plus years old, the fact that he's still cranking out these mystifying-looking films is wonderful, and we're just lucky to be the recipients of that. Was this my favorite film of his? No. Did I enjoy it? Yes. And I think I probably will enjoy it a little bit more after I go see that English dubbed version. But if you are a fan of Miyazaki, if you're a fan of the Studio Ghibli films, you should definitely watch this. Uh, just for the pure artistry alone, it is breathtaking to look at. And what they are able to do compared to what we have in American animation sometimes, it's just like, blows it out of the water. It's just night and day how much better one of them looks or how much care it feels like they put into something. So boy in the heron, see it while it's in theaters, you know, this and Godzilla minus one had a great, great weekend, you know, a weekend where these Japanese films are dominating the American box office. And I, for one, love to see it. And especially after you see this, go see Godzilla. You got to do it. You got to do it. Support the Japanese cinema. There's a few other Japanese movies coming out too that I like to lesser degrees just because maybe they were a little less interesting. But Boy in the Heron, a must. If you're a Miyazaki fan, if you've never seen a Miyazaki movie before, check it out because I think there's something for everybody here. And at the very least, you're going to have a lot to talk about and appreciate. As always, stay tuned to NT Movie Reviews on all social media networks, podcast platforms, and on YouTube. For all the latest in movie news and movie reviews. We're, we're moving along. We're getting through Oscar season. There's just going to be so much of these. You're going to be sick of me. But then we'll take a break in January. So until then, keep listening. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.